Welcome to the Humane Roundup Podcast with your host, Ashley Bishop. <laughs> Good morning. And Daniel Edinger. That's me. Yeah. That's you. That is. That's me in the in the building. Or I'm outside, but I'm actually inside. So What? I don't know. It's just the thing people say all the time now the hip kids i'm pretty sure it's not a now thing as much as it is when you were what in the 70s <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm not that old well we have a great show today i'm excited we have a, a cool guest coming out of florida we'll have them on here in a little bit but we got stuff to talk about first and foremost we got another podcast out here to listen to and i'm excited <laughs> about that D-F-U-T-C-S, so don't F up the crime scene, brought to you by Kevin Hurst, the dude. He's got it up. Check out his website, kdhurst.com. Again, that's KD, kdhurst.com. We're going to get him on the show, and we're going to talk about don't F up the crime scene. He's got some good stuff. He's got like four episodes up already. He's killing it, and I'm excited that we got some good uh, good podcasts to listen to. Another one. Can- can you count yourself as being in the industry if you don't know who Kevin Hurst is? Mm, mm, solid question. So you're saying if you've never heard of Kevin Hurst and you're listening to this podcast, you're saying you're not really an animal control officer? Is that? I'm right? saying you need to get yourself some to some trainings. Yeah, because he, he goes all around the country. All over. All over. That man's all over. He's outside. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this we is. But no, he, he's outside. Yeah. Not we. I mean, you could be outside with me, but he's outside. He's doing his thing. No, you said the way we like to put it. I'm like, oh. do you have a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> well, all I'm saying is he's killing it. I'm excited. You know, he and I have been friends for years now. And uh, it's just good to see people doing big things and, you know, big time speakers. I think that's his LLC. He's out, He's just crushing it. He's doing his thing. So check out kdhurst.com if you want another podcast to listen to in the animal control world he's got some great great content great content so check that out in your free time and we're going to get him on soon really soon so i haven't talked to you about that yet but we'll get him on soon well you did a little bit yeah but all right here's this we're going to jump into shooting dogs police officers shooting dogs when is it justified okay um, should it ever happen? Should it never happen? What are your thoughts before I read this story? I absolutely believe that it's justified. I had a situation in my jurisdiction where um, I watched the video afterwards and it was, in my opinion, absolutely justified. Okay. <clears throat> Do you want to give any yeah. detail yeah. why it was justified? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to give you a little tickler. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they were officers were going in for a search warrant and they, I believe they knew that there was potential for some violence with this. Um, first officer got into the house and as they were knocking, you know, Hey, p- police department, put your dog away, put your dog away. Um, we're coming in and first officer makes it in second officer and let me tell you, he's an animal lover. Mm-hmm. Um, I love working with him when it comes to animal-related calls. And this big old pit bull type, probably 70, 80-pound dog, just stops him, stands, stares, just barking at him. 
Now they have one officer in, they know that there's people in the house. Um, the second officer takes one step to the side and the dog charged him and he shot the dog. The dog survived. Um, he, it went through kind of his muzzle down out his lower jaw. Okay. Um, but he had no idea what his fellow officer who went to the, towards the back of the house was going to encounter. He didn't have time to sit there with this dog that they've already told them to put away, um, and wait and see what was going to happen. So can I play devil's advocate here? Absolutely. Cause I, you know, I teach this class to the police Academy on how not to shoot dogs. That's actually, it's required in the state of Colorado that law enforcement officers take three hours of dog behavior and you know, hmm. how not to shoot the dog that stems from a dog shooting in 2012 called Chloe. Uh, she was shot and killed. It's a really, it's actually a pretty famous video where the dog's like somewhat contained in a, in a um, garage and uh, they, they end up shooting her after she's on the catch pool. But anyway. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, We've talked about that one. On- yeah. And, and so could, I mean, I, I, and I don't, I've never seen the video. I'm just speaking hindsight. It's 2020 here. What did the, would the effect, would, would a taser have the same effect where the dog would have retreated somewhere, hid in, in a bedroom? Who knows? Would it not have, um, could he? Well, and you are, but they already went in with their guns out. Well, I know that, but I'm just so saying you're... I'm playing devil's advocate here. Like, do they need to actually shoot the dog in that situation? A dog's going to protect its home. It's inside of its home. Right. Um, and so uh, is it necessary? And as we read this next story, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I just wonder when, when is it t- truly necessary? And in my personal opinion, from some of the videos that I've watched and used for training, I think it is necessary at times, like when a dog just will not let go of another dog or a human or something like that. And you can safely shoot that animal without the risk of, without the risk risk of ricochet or, or that person mm-hmm. getting hurt, et cetera. I mean, I think, yes, like in those scenarios, it is necessary, but it's, it's tough. I mean, I think the community will always say, well, I shouldn't say that. That's, that's really general. I think a lot of people in our communities will say it's not, not necessary or not something that should be done. And that <clears throat> agrees with me or disagrees. <laughs> I can't tell one it is. He's something else. Um, Well, and I I think that's going to stem, too, from a lot of the uproar in general within the communities about whether or not, you know, police officers should be able to use use of force at all. Um, We don't want to go down that route. Right. But, I mean, that's where a lot of even the animal stuff is going to come into. But I I agree that there are times where you, you have to do what you have to do to protect yourself and or others. Indeed. I mean, the job is public safety, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump into it. North Aurora dog attack. Officers shoot pit bull that attacked boy, then turned on its owner. So from the headline, you're like, yeah, this is legit. And it may be. I haven't seen video. I haven't seen photos. <clears throat> Police officers were forced to shoot a dog after it attacked a child, then turned on its owner, says ABC7. Somewhere out of Illinois. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, so the... Okay, here we go. Police said the dog attack took place inside a townhome inside the 200 block of Hidden Creek Lane Thursday afternoon. 
Shattered glass at the townhouse was left behind after the terrifying, violent encounter that left two people badly injured and the dog wounded by gunfire. This was absolutely mind-boggling to me that the, that they actually attacked the child or that he actually attacked the child without much provocation, if any, said the townhouse owner who asked to be remain anonymous. I can't speak. <laughs> Just read. today. It's whatever. <laughs> she said her tenant in the Summer Wind subdivision in North Aurora is the owner of the five-year-old male purebred pit bull named... Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> <clears throat> He's around me and my five-year-old daughter on a daily basis, she said. He lives with us. He's around my cats. No problem. She said her tenant friend brought her six-year-old son to the home. They were filling water balloons up around 4 p.m., when something set Maximus off. The dog mauled the child and turned on his owner when he tried to protect the boy. When units arrived, they were able to get in and get in, North Aurora Police Chief David Fisher said. So the fire or they weren't able to get in. Hello. So the <laughs> fire department breached the door and one of the officers went in. Whereupon the dog charged him and four shots were fired. That didn't kill him, though. The townhouse owner said the dog was, I believe, walked out of the home after it was removed from the home alive, obviously with um, every intention of euthanizing him at the veterinary's office. The boy and the man were both initially taken to Mercy Medical Center with multiple serious injuries. Their conditions, police say, have now been stabilized. <laughs> Good timing. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Thoughts on my horribly read story. First and foremost, I absolutely hate when news articles throw the breed around like, I'm sorry, they throw Pitbull around. Um, if it's any other breed, you'll never hear it in the story. Right. <clears throat> um, so officers couldn't get into the house, but was somebody... Apartment. Yeah, fire. so the people were still, so apparently they were still in the house because the dog was allegedly still attacking the guy. Well, that would be my question. Like, was it was the dog actively attacking him or were they able to secure themselves into another room? You know, that's a good question because the article doesn't say that specifically. But it um, said, yeah, it said it turned on the owner after he tried separating the boy from the dog. In, in that case, if... I, th I think it, for me, it would depend on whether or not they were secured in another room. I've actually had a situation, somebody adopted a dog and calls dispatch and, oh my God, the dog's attacking me. And in the background, dispatch can hear the dog going off. Um, but they were able to get into a separate room, shut the door and separate themselves from the animal. And then I went and put the dog on a leash and it rolled over for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've had that happen several times too, Bishop. And this leads me to another thing that isn't as popular maybe as as I would as how do I say this? I think in certain circumstances we should be able to run code like with lights and sirens. That's yeah. That's how I feel about it. Um, those are my my opinions, not the opinions of anybody else. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I absolutely I I think we maybe have a 
different set of rules as to when we could run code, but I think we should absolutely still be able to run code. Um, I guarantee you, and I'm not just saying this because I, I feel arrogant. I'm confident in the work that I do. I'm confident in the ability to to really get around any animal regardless. And I hear people say it all the time, like, oh, well, you can, my dog, I'm like, whatever, your dog is a dog, like, give me 20 minutes and I'm okay. Right. And maybe in this yeah. area, you don't have 20 minutes, but I still could, I guarantee you, I could go in that house. And if I needed to, even if I needed to, I don't use them often, but if I needed to, I would pull out the catch pole and be like, boom, two seconds, dogs coming with me. Right. Right. And if I didn't, I would just throw a leash on it and dogs coming with me. Just because we're, that's our job. Like we're trained to understand behavior, body language, all that stuff. Yep. So that's just my opinion on that. Yeah. I think is the dog was contained in a house. Yeah, it was. Um, and as long as it was not actively attacking anybody in the moment that first responders responded, I don't believe that they should have shot the dog. It would be interesting. Um, I actually know somebody from Aurora because that was Aurora, Illinois, wasn't it? Yeah. Not to be confused with Aurora, Colorado, where I just moved from. <laughs> um, because I actually know an ACO down in Aurora, Illinois. So get some info. I, I might have to do that just to see what he has to say. And I really want to see the photos uh, in a body cam if they have body cam, but um, you know, we'll see. And why the fire department? <laughs> Because they always, you know, they, if, I mean, they come on these emergencies, so they, they tend to be there. I mean, it's good to have them go into the home. Oh, I don't have a problem with them going to the home. Why were they one, the ones breaching the door? Oh, because they're a fire. Fires, you know, they're just first they, on well, the scene. They have less protection as far as any of us would against a dog anyway. True. That's true. Unless they're wearing their big old thing. Yeah, unless they've got their all their fire gear on, which is maybe kind of bite proof at that point ish, you're yeah. gonna get bruised pretty good. But other than that, like our fire, or our police department would have been the one with the hooligan or the the ram and like busting that door in. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's get our guest on because I'm curious what he has to say about everything and if he has any experience with things like this. Let us introduce to you Rick. Hanyadi from <laughs> Orange County Animal Services. Rick, welcome to the program. Thank yeah. you, sir. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah. And thank you, Daniel. Yeah, it's exciting to, to get you on. You know, we met a few months ago down in Florida, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure it's still hot down there as it was when I was there. It's hotter and muggier. Uh. Uh. <laughs> so, Rick, for our listeners, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just mm -hmm. kind of give... Let them know who you are, kind of what you do up there or down okay. there in Orange County. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, my name is Rick Hanyadi, and you you pronounced it correctly, so good job on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I work for Orange County Animal Services in Orlando, Florida. Um, and I currently am the program coordinator for training and special projects. Okay. This is my, it's a long-winded title basically saying anything that deals with training or onboarding, is me and then special projects, anything my director decides I also might need to focus on. Um, so dealing with random stuff like equipment and radios and making sure people have your uniforms and, you know, that kind of equipment based stuff. But uh, I'm also the EOC coordinator. So if we have to operate a pet friendly shelter, 
uh, because we have the ability and the capability to do nine of them in Orange County. So uh, if and when we need that for a hurricane, that's my other big job. So a lot of the year is me just prepping for that as well. Um, so that's what I'm. That's what I do at Orange County. You and you did field work for a long time, yeah. I did, yeah. Uh, uh, from 2010, well, 2010 to last year, um, in several different places, and in Florida, your cat is very happy. I'm talking. I can yes, tell. Your cat is. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Back there. <laughs> in that, his was, mouth. that was kids. I mean, this cat is going crazy. That's all right. My cats are sitting behind me, but they're sleeping. So, but oh. they're they're not as loud. But. Uh, He's got a sock in his mouth that he's, nice. that's his prey. I hear you. Yeah, my cats have their little catnip uh, mice that they carry around. So, But, uh, yeah, I was at Marion County, which is okay. about uh, an hour and a half north of Orlando uh, for about eight years. Um, supervisor, road officer, vet tech, or kennel tech, I should say. Um, I was in Virginia, up near D.C. for about a year. Um, and then I most recently was at the Maine Keeping it Maine, keeping it humane in Maine, um, <laughs> at the uh, Maine Department of Agriculture as uh, what we call the District Humane Agent, but uh, an animal welfare cruelty investigator for the state. Okay, um, we had uh, Liam Liam on that yeah. he kind of oversaw that, and he moved down to or he's moving down to like New Mexico. He now. is, yeah, uh, New Mexico or Arizona. I always forget which one it is, but uh, yeah, was- I'm. I'm yeah. You, I think you're right. I just can't remember. I always get the two confused with certain certain towns. But yeah, he's uh, moving on after. God, he's he was, I think like twelve years he had been with the state of Maine. So yeah, he's uh, he's gonna leave a big big hole. Um, but I'm excited for him. He sounds really happy about making the move, and him and his dog Darby are That's checking awesome. out the Southwest. So, well, maybe if he's gonna stay within the field, he can. Uh help them along with, you know, bringing them up in the numbers of yeah, getting appropriate ordinances and statutes and everything down there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for them, but uh, yeah. And now I'm here in Orange County um, training. They used to call the, the job training officer because they only focused on the road staff. Okay. Um, but now because we, we have over a hundred staff um, at our animal services, it's now training coordinator and it's, all four of our program areas, so road or enforcement, the clinic, and then we have uh, communications in front counter. And then we have uh, shelter, but we have kennel officers, actual ACOs. They are certified by uh, Florida. They can write citations and all that stuff, but they are stationed in our kennels. Okay. Um, yeah, so we, we do a little bit of everything. Now, as we were talking before you came on about police officers shooting dogs I really mm-hmm. especially if you're you know kind of the world you work in now with the training aspect of it yep and it's easy to sit here on monday morning quarterback a situation <laughs> right indeed uh, it is i you know and i think for me you know part of it is i teach a class on on how to recognize body and i think for me be like behavior body language and all those things I, i'm pretty jaded to it i'm not and, and maybe I need to be more empathetic to officers that don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. But in your opinion, when is it appropriate? Is it ever appropriate to shoot a dog in a situation versus um, something else? Other practice? Exactly. Other practices. Uh, I'm going to be democratic and say, yes, obviously it's appropriate when it's appropriate. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I'm kind of leaned and I think I'm jaded like you, you know, do it for 13 years and you don't have a gun on your, you know, on your, in your duty belt, you learn all the other ways to deal with something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's an old adage and I'm sure I'm going to butcher it, but it's, what is it? Uh, if you're, if a hammer is the only tool you have, every problem looks like a nail. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like that. Sometimes I think Ashley's right though. There are absolutely times when, you know, using a firearm would be the safest. And obviously that's a, you got to make, make that call, but you know, ugh, I don't know. Um, I've seen dog shot, you know, while I was on duty that I'm like, I don't know that that dog should have been shot, but you know, it's also the thing if the officer, you know, feels threatened and feels that that is the only recourse they have. And that's how they've been trained. They're doing what they've been trained to do. Right. So I don't really have an issue in that sense. Um, but I also think like Daniel said, if knowing me, let me go in with my catch ball. I'm probably going to get that dog out of there without anybody getting more injured. But, you know, I'm not a police officer and I didn't go to the police academy and get the training they got. I got different training. You know, we, we so had, exactly. <laughs> and we had a case. I'm happy to share this case. So he was a guy had to be like nine, 10, 11, somewhere in there. He's been over the house before. It was a female Doberman. She was like, not a huge Doberman, but, you know, female Doberman. And not a pit bull. Not <laughs> even hear about this one on the news. A black and tan pit bull mix. Yeah. Right. So the boy goes in. She has puppies. She uh. becomes maternal. You know, just, mm-hmm. nope, you're getting away. And he played with the puppies before, but something made her snap. And mm-hmm. she fucked this little boy up like bad, bad. Mm-hmm. He was on the ambulance, you know, getting getting transferred. Like it was, uh, as you know, if we used the Dr. Ian Dunbar, Dunbar bite scale, it was a five, right? Uh, he was in bad shape. About to, about to be a six if they don't get him help. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> seriously. And yeah. so we go, like we get consent to go in the property to get the dog. And PD's with us. They're, they're trailing behind us. And she's in the bedroom with the dogs. And my partner's there with me. And I missed I had my pole and she was, I mean, she was showing that like, I will kill anything that gets close to my dog, kind of my puppies kind of mentality. And we're not perfect. I mean, I know (laughs) like, you know, time is of the essence and we missed and, or I missed, not we, I missed on the pole. Uh, She just slipped by me, got through the door. My partner was behind me. She missed and the cops in there and the dog's kind of like going crazy. And I'm like, shit, he's going to shoot the dog. Not at all. He stayed cool, calm, collective. Uh, the dog ran into the kitchen, and then there just happened to be an open, like, cupboard thing that the dog went into, and, and we were eventually mm. able to get her out from under there and on the pole. But, I, like, I was upset at myself mm-hmm. because I could have caused a situation that was worse because I screwed up, right? Like, I, yeah. I should have taken a little more time when I was going in that room and, you know, maybe had the door closed or, or just – Sometimes I think in this job, we don't think to like stop and talk to each other. Like, Hey, if this happens, do this, or I want you behind me, close this door. Like, I think sometimes we just go off of instinct. And mm-hmm. so for that, you know, I, I've learned for future, future incidents, but uh, uh, yeah, I was yeah. kind of bummed that I missed. On that one. I like based off you saying you missed and then your partner missed. Now, if the police officer pulled his firearm, then thinking he was threatened i would have, i would have less of a problem with that because obviously yeah. and this is not against you 
the original plan, you know, went to shit. So let's now we got a plan B or C or yeah. X at this point. So yeah. I would have less of a problem with dog being shot there. Like yeah. I know I the video you show in your class because I was at FACA when you showed the video. Um, yeah. That one's tough for me because it's like the dog is on a catch ball. Yeah. But it's like and, you know, so, ugh. yeah, it's tough. I mean, I. I've been around officers, like good example, and this is about a horse and so not a dog, but just as dangerous, if not more. Um, several years ago, we were trying to load several horses onto our trailer um, in the middle of the night on call and just having issue because it's dark and there's like seven cop cars with lights on. And, you know, me and my uh, coworker trying to load these horses with seven police officers around us. And every time one of the horses made some type of, you know, furtive move, mm. Their hands went to their hands went to their guns. And I'm like, what are you going to do with a nine millimeter against a horse? <laughs> a horse. Yeah. Um, eventually, I I just told every I, we I told the seven of them. I said, just leave. I said, I don't need you mm-hmm. here anymore. So I said, you guys can leave scene and be done. Um, they backed their cars away. They shut their lights off. They left. I stood and so did my coworker outside for about an hour to two with these horses just to calm them down. And then we were able to get them on, but. You know, and that's like I said, that's what they I'm not I wouldn't I wasn't mad at them, but that's what they were trained, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's I don't know that there's a like the article you read. I don't know that there's enough to me enough information, but that's kind of a a cop out answer. I I would want more. I'd want more info before I really weighed in on that. But uh, if the dog was definitely confined in another room, I don't know why it was shot. But who knows? You know, and that's one of the things that I definitely can say that I've noticed working with law enforcement is, you know, they're taught to be calm and cool in situations with people, Mm -hmm. but they don't always have that with animals. Like, so that dog that I spoke about earlier that I was confident that, you know what, I'm good with you having shot this dog. You don't know what's beyond. You don't know if your fellow officer is in a position where he's going to get hurt or killed. Um, I went in afterwards because, like I said, the dog was still alive. Um, And I get the dog on the catch pole. And I have all of these officers. I kind of giggled at this one. Uh, Me with, at that point, I wasn't even wearing my bulletproof vest that day. Um, My boss has her gun trained on the dog while I'm getting it on the catch pole because she's afraid it's going to come at me. And then once it's on the catch pole, I hear the officers go, dog coming through, dog coming through. And these guys, they easily have one holster down their ankle, one on their thigh, one on their hip. Some of them are holding rifles and they're plastering themselves against the wall to stay away from this dog. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at them and to get the dog up into my kennel, I had to, it, that's when I had my truck. And so I had, I had one of them pull out the ramp Um but I couldn't just force the dog up the ramp on the catch pole. So I hand the catch pole off to somebody and I tried to use a leash to do a leash muzzle on the dog so that I could Mm -hmm. physically get it up there. And my boss at the time, Lieutenant, she's been in the fields and for the last 20 years. And she's like, Oh, Ashley, Ashley, be careful. Don't, uh, don't get bit. (laughs) I told her when we were done, I'm like, I almost turned around and looked at you and told you to shut the fuck up because you're making it worse. Yeah. Yeah. They need to learn how to be calm around the animals because that changes the animal's demeanor as well. And that's where I come in and say like, 
in these situations for me, especially from the situation that I talked about with the Doberman, where I feel that I, I messed up is prior to going in there, just like you would, like if you're doing a, a large scale impound, like, Hey, let's have a conversation, how this is going to go down. If this happens, let's do this. Like when I go to the room, just communicate more. When I'm going to the room, I want my partner right next to me. Hey, hold the door. So I don't have to hold the door and manage the catch pole or whatever it would be. Right. right? And so for me, it's just communicate more. Cause I think if we would have done that, we would have got her in the bedroom. What I could have done too, is just said, Hey, I'm going to go in this room by myself and close the door behind me. Like I'll be okay. If mm-hmm. I yell that I need help come in quickly, but otherwise let me just handle it. And, and I failed to do that. Like that's on me. I take that responsibility. Look, we ended up getting the dog out of there. No one was hurt. The dog wasn't shot. But and I you learn from it. You mm-hmm. learn. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like, okay, so for the future, you know, here's what we can do differently. So good point. Yeah. All right, Rick. All right. It's time if you're Daniel. ready. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> we like to play this show on the Humane Roundup podcast. It is called The Pick of the Litter, brought to you by the Humane Educators of Texas. Check them out, humaneeducatorsoftexas.com. The Pick of the Litter. If you haven't heard the game before, it is a game where you can pick whatever you want. You get first dibs on this litter. You can pick it based on personal preference, professional preference, whatever preference you prefer. You can pick all. You can pick both. Wait, that's the same thing. (laughs) Is there only two? Then yes, all and both would be the same. (laughs) Some of them have three. (laughs) Or you can even inject your own answer if the answer there is not available to you. Okay. All right. Any questions before we get started? Not yet, but I'm sure I will. <laughs> and if you would like to elaborate on any of these questions, feel free to do so. Bishop, take it away. All right. So the first question we have for you, Rick, which mm-hmm. actually has three options. Okay. <laughs> Van, truck, or SUV? Truck. Okay. All right. Is that for personal or at work? Um, uh, well, okay. I was going work in my head. No, absolutely. So, no, absolutely yeah, can. Yeah. It's all up to you. Yeah. I was going, tr- I like the trucks, but I also understand like the new, these new ginormous vans that are really low to the ground. They're fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so I understand that part too, the ease of loading a dog, yes. but they don't look as cool. And you know, so I'm, I'm a guy and I gotta, I gotta look cool when I'm driving. So, um, you mean yeah. that? The free puppies van down by the river isn't cool. No, it's not. But uh, yeah, so work, I'd probably tend to do a truck and I own a truck personally for my own vehicle. So I'll I'll say truck. Okay. Cat, dog, or other? Uh, Any of my friends that end up listening to this are going to start laughing even before I answer. Uh, I love all animals. Everybody seems to think I only love one specific because I only talk about them. But I have cats. I have three cats, and that's what I have. So I am a I am a cat guy. But I love all I love dogs too. I grew up with dogs and ducks and rabbits and everything. So okay, hip hop, country, or rock? Rock, Beatles. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So nonprofit, PD, or Muni. Um. I'm going to have to say Muni, uh, though I guess mine would also be county, but leaning towards municipal. Okay. Uh, yeah. Bite or cruelty? Ooh, I hate working bites, so I assume that's kind of where you're leading. So I'm going to say I'd rather work a cruelty case. 
We get that a lot, and as we look at our stats, <laughs> yeah, fights are just cruelty. You can you can investigate, you can really look into, and you feel like you're helping. I feel like on bites, a lot of times everybody's angry, and you never do enough. Um, and so I'm gonna. Say, and it's always he said, she said. Yeah, sometimes unless there's obviously a clear bite, like a five on that kid, but uh, you yeah, know, I'm gonna say cruelties all day, every day. My only. So yeah, a bite out of at a five would be pretty obvious, but at the yeah. same time, could you have provocation still? Oh yeah, absolutely, that's true. And yeah. so that's mm, that's what yeah. I hate about them. Yeah. Um. All right. Body armor or none. Body armor all day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We are we huge proponents for that here. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I, you know, I I enjoyed listening to Daniel. You talk with Liam about it. Um. Because we were offered, we had body armor in Maine, but it was not a requirement that we wear. It was a recommendation. Yes. Um, I wore it every day. It didn't matter whether, it obviously was made myself warmer in the winter in Maine. But absolutely, I wore it in the summertime just like I did. I wore it all, every, now my coworkers, you know, they wore it. Obviously, it was required on seizures and things like that. But, um, but you know, some places like Maine... Um, here in Orange County, we don't have it, and we didn't have it in Marion County. Now, Marion is working on, from what I've heard, getting it, which is a good thing. I think it should be, I think it should be a requirement. But that's you know, it's so me. funny, and, and I'm right there with you, Rick. In Denver, for several years, it was required, and then we had one officer complain about it, and so they were like, "Well, <laughs> let's just make it a an option instead yeah. of like, you know what? If that officer is putting up a fight, sorry, dude. Like, this is the this yeah. is the policy. You need to wear a vest to protect you, like regardless. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they're just opening themselves up for a lawsuit when that officer gets injured. Mm. Well, we did yeah. have to, they did send around a thing that you could sign to protect liability, but it's like, mm. at the end of the day, yeah. look, you're in a full uniform, you're doing a job that is highly emotional. You know, I, I show a stat where 10% of police officer fatalities come when they're investigating domestic violence incidents and how many times are we out there in situations like that because of the link right because of mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of situations like that and we don't have a firearm so where are the damn vest people it's not that's, that hard that's how i look at it too i mean i wore it in virginia in the dead of summer you know you know 90 probably just as hot as florida obviously doesn't last as long but i wore it and you just I, I my feeling is you get used to it. You maybe don't like it, but you get used to it. And exactly, I think anybody that works for a government agency that is paid to knock on people's doors of people they don't know and has to wear a badge of some sort should have They're it on. Best. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my opinion. But <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. You know, that's one thing we've never really talked about is whether or not it's you know mandatory wherever anybody is. For me, it's not necessarily mandatory. Um, and that's why, like I said, that one day I wasn't wearing it. Yeah. Um, but it was shortly thereafter that I started wearing it every day until mm-hmm. like right now I have a medical reason that I can't wear it, mm-hmm. um, from a radiation burn. And I'm like, eh, probably shouldn't get that all hot and sweaty constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great product called arrest my vest. Um, not that they promote or, you know, are on the show. Uh, but my vest stinks, man. When and so but they I, can be if they want to. They want to sponsor. If they want to sponsor, but uh, <laughs> no, it it it's nice. It, you spray it. It kind of has like a cinnamony smell hmm. to it at first, but it really takes that nasty vest smell away. So anybody, oh, 
I use the Tide disinfecting spray. Okay. When I take it off, you just spray it. I spray it down and then let it hang overnight. That doesn't have any like negative effect on the on the um, you know. Not that, that I'm aware of. Um, I. She's ruining her vest. She just doesn't know. I mean, the reality of it is going to sting, fly right through the Kevlar. I mean, the reality of it is, first of all, I know I'm not the only one that uses it at our department. Um, But my vest is also already technically expired, Expired. and they won't they won't get me a new one. So, well, it'll still stop something, hopefully, right? Right, more than your skin will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, continue with the pick of the litter. Oh, yes. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> barking or stray? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> never, never barking. Never. Yes. Uh, I'd rather go patrol patrol for a stray dog. Um, of course, my luck would be this dog is always there when you, because you usually strays, you're like, oh, they're not going to be there by the time I get there. And then yeah. you get that one where you're like, damn it, it's there. And they know who owns it. Right. You know, you're like, damn it, it's not a stray anymore. Now it's a control case, but. Um, I guess a stray versus a bark barking kind of like the bites. You can't never make anybody happy and they never fill out our, at least in like in Marion, they had to, we had to have, you know, two neighbors fill out affidavits and Mm. with times and everything and they would never do it right. Then they'd call us and say they were done. We'd have to come out and say, well, you didn't do it right. And then they'd be like, what? I got to do another week. And Uh so uh, I guess strays all day for that. I'm with you. Uh, Radio or cell phone? Oof. Uh, I, I, I have thoughts and I, I think you should have both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's my answer. Um, okay. certain that's places good. that I've worked, I didn't have both and it would drive me insane that, you know, like, um, at certain places people wouldn't wear one of the two things they had. And I'm <laughs> like, and then they, I'll just go back to the truck and get it. I'm like, what? Like, you're already out. No, you, when you step out of this truck, you better have everything you need. Well, not everything, obviously, but most things you need. And there should be as many ways you can communicate with somebody. Right. That's not there. So I say both. And I will say this, and it may not be a popular opinion of most. I've gotten to the habit of calling back 99% of my reporting parties after the, the complaint comes in. I feel a, you can learn more from just what dispatch gets. And B, it provides great customer service, right? They feel like, okay, now I'm talking directly to the officer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, maybe 99% is a little high. Maybe it's like 87.3%. <laughs> but the reality is like it it builds that rapport. It helps mm-hmm. you know, establish like, okay, let me get a little more info. I know you already spoke to dispatch, but can you tell me X? Like maybe they didn't ask a specific question that you need. Or yeah. maybe like, hey, I'm not home right now at the time, but this is when I'll be home so we can meet like that information wasn't given. So you're just not wasting time. I can tell you so many people waste time in this job. And if you're bored or you're just with an agency and you're burned out and you just don't want to do much work and you just want to go to the call, just go to the call. Like I'm not telling yeah. you how to do your job, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I can tell you I've saved myself so much time by oh, just yeah. calling people. Oh yeah. I, uh, I would agree. Sometimes I'm like, uh, you know, sometimes I would get cases where, Dispatch did a very good job of getting all the info I need. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, I understand what's going on here. I can go to the the complaint address or the, the address of the, you know, the alleged uh, violation first. Um, and then I can call the complainant 
or it's what we I call it. Some people call them RPs, I know, but yeah, I'm, I'm a complaining guy. Um, <laughs> Most of them, that's I, all they're doing. Yeah, so, parking. Yeah, uh, Orange <laughs> Orange County calls them reporters, oh. and I have to. I'm still getting used to all the you know our officers say. I I called the reporter. I'm like, why are they talking? Channel to two has yeah. Has a, yeah. So, but I have to keep reminding myself that they mean complaining or reporting party. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to be honest, some days I just don't have the patience to call some of these people back. <laughs> um, I wish our dispatch would get a little bit better information. Um, but yeah, there's just days I don't have the patience. <laughs> so I, I think we all hear you on that one. <laughs> um, all right. Zoom or in person? Oh, uh my coworkers would laugh at that one too, because they make fun of me at work right now. Cause if I have to call somebody in an office, that's like down the hallway. I, a lot of times will just get up and walk down there. <laughs> um, so I prefer in person. Um, but zoom has become a viable alternative when it's necessary. I find so I'm okay with zoom or Microsoft teams or any of those WebEx or any of those, um, They've gotten better and I, they work, but I would prefer in person. Okay. Okay. Skunk or DOA? <laughs> Woo. DOA. Um, only because skunk, I mean, I've, I've had some skunk calls, but uh, yeah, I probably prefer DOA. At least I know I can usually figure out where the smell is going to attack me from. <laughs> Um, you know, a skunk, like we, we've gotten them trapped before and you have to throw a sheet over them and relocate them. And I've gotten sprayed before because the person that trapped one, it was a, a wildlife nuisance trapper was hired by this woman to trap a skunk. Um, but then the trapper didn't show up within 24 oh. hours, which I think oh. is what their contract said within 24 hours, they'll be there to re, you know, relocate it or whatever they did. Um, and so she called animal services. This was in Virginia. And, uh, so I had to go out so that the skunk didn't die in a cage. Um, and which I'm perfectly happy to do. I was pissed at the company, but I, I'm happy to save a wild animal. Um, so I brought it out into the woods, but of course it was a trap that didn't have a, um, a, uh, you know, it, both sides, e both e sides, oh. yeah, well, both sides were the trap type sides. I can't uh -huh. think of, I'm drawing, you know, drawing a blank on the name. So I had to somehow rig the one side to get him out but as he came out his movement hit the door down he ran out and i thought i was far enough back mm -hmm. full force into my ballistic vest all over all my gear oh, no. everything full into my beard oh. um, yeah and i will say um getting sprayed with a skunk the smell is different than when you s smell a skunk having sprayed somewhere near you uh -huh. it's 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 much it's different it's a little bit more pungent it's slayed yeah it took a while to get it out of my ballistic vest i finally got it out but it, it took a bit so it's like right. onion it's like yes it's like, oh, yes. It's, yes. Yes. Good, so good i grew up in connecticut and i don't know if ashley you're in west no where are you wisconsin wisconsin so maybe they have it there and colorado probably doesn't daniel but uh skunk cabbage do either of you guys know what that is I no okay so i grew up in connecticut northeast and there's this thing called skunk cabbage and it used to grow along like rivers and creeks and everything. And it looked like a ginormous head of cabbage 
that when it broke open, it smelled like a skunk spraying. Oh, um, and as, as kids, we used to think it was funny, and we would run through and kick them. Like, oh, yeah, skunk cabbage. So, yes, uh, I don't like the smell, I, and it does smell like kind of like uh, oniony kind of. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah. So, I'll take a DOA any day of the week. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, last one for pick of the litter. Okay. Catchpole, snappy <laughs> snare, or lariat. Oh God, I I don't know how to use a lariat. Um, ha, yeah, um, I've seen several of my coworkers are actually pretty decent with it. Um, but I have never gotten around to using it. Uh, snappy snares are pretty cool, and I've used them a couple times for catching a goat on the back leg and a pig on the front <laughs> leg. And I use, yeah, I use it to get around. I put a, opened it up and put it on the ground with treats in the middle of it, and got a dog to come over to me, and I was able to snappy snare them. But those are rarities for me. Uh, I mean, catchpole is that's our tool, right? That's that's our kind of our our thing in this industry. So I got to go with catchpole. All right. Good answers, man. That was fun. Yeah. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah, good stuff. I don't know what we're going to do with all this data, but we got <laughs> 18 answers so far this year. And after oh, okay. the year, I think we're going to have a recap. There you go. On what was the winner and all that good fun stuff. Yeah. And the pick of the litter. Yeah. And uh, one other thing I will say, I do know Kevin Hurst. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're all in a picture together, so you should know Kevin Hurst. Yeah. No, I mean, he's he's the dude. I think you're right. If you don't at least know who he is, and he's probably going to – this is, of course, going to get it, make his head even inflated even bigger. But um, and he, he deserves the praise he gets. He's, he's a great guy, and he's – you know, I first met him, God, it was 2013, 2014, I think, um, at one of the NACI classes – but I had heard about him like for a year leading up to that from a, another coworker who had gone to one of the classes. Like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to meet Kevin. Kevin's the best. Kevin's the greatest. Kevin's this. <laughs> Kevin's that. And, and he lived up to it. So, you know, I'm excited that he's got his podcast finally out. Yeah, it's good. good stuff for sure. Yeah. He's doing big things. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, definitely. So check out his website. If you missed it in the beginning, it's kdhurst.com. Check yeah. out his podcast don't f up the crime scene i don't know why it doesn't just say it don't fuck up the crime scene <laughs> don't fuck it up it's, i actually had, the, sh- don't I had the, sh- up the crime scene i, t- I had the shirt on yesterday actually nice. <laughs> nice. that's awesome yeah well rick you're welcome to join us here as we end the show as we okay. always do thank you all for listening and don't forget to check us out on instagram facebook all those good places h.o are you back h.o no not yet never mind just don't check us out on social media do your own thing on social media but check out the (laughs) podcast like share and rate it and as always on the humane podcast thanks for listening and keep it humane good stuff good stuff